We are I. So she's uh, with us via Zoom this morning. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. So the reason why that I reached out to Joanna and like this is another uh, person that I reached out to on Facebook is because she she holds a, a classification on her Facebook. She calls herself a biohacker, and obviously everybody who knows me knows that's something that I'm extremely interested in. And then after talking to uh, Joanna briefly, I realized there's just so much more valuable information to her story that I think that everybody really needs to know and, and understand because, you know, it's it's unique, but it's also not unique at the same time as it's where everybody's trending. But, you know, again, like I feel like these are the stories that need to be shared so that everybody has a certain comfort level and being able to do what she has done on their own. So um, that being said, why don't we kind of get into it? Tell us a little bit about your, your childhood, you know, and like kind of like walk us through up into the point of what happened when you were 26. Okay, well, um, my childhood, I had two older brothers, and my mother was a single parent. She worked, uh, she worked, she owned a club when we were younger, so she was working at night, and she would leave us alone, and she wasn't, she was hardly there, and basically what she was doing was giving us money to order pizza and whatever soda we wanted and that's how she would just leave us because no one can take care of us she was a single mom like I said we didn't have much family around my brothers were older but they were looking out for me of course but of course having two older brothers not really teaching you much we're just watching tv and eating unhealthy so I didn't really have someone there that was teaching me from right or wrong not saying that my my mother didn't teach me right or wrong but Basically, I come from, I'm Colombian, so if, you know, many of you know, Spanish people love to eat rice, beans, chicken, meat, pork, all the good stuff that's not really good for you, and and basically, I was just eating whatever I wanted. I was a chubby little kid, so through um, um, elementary school, you know, I was still eating the same way, but then finally, when I got into high school, I guess all the baby weight, that baby fat weight came off. And um, I was at my skinniest during high school, and I wasn't working out a lot. I didn't care to work out. I was just going out, hanging out with my friends. Then outside of high school, you know, I was going out and then the night scene. And, you know, when you're in that night scene, all you want to do is drink, get drunk, and party. So I actually became a a club promoter, and I was throwing parties. You know, I wasn't drinking a lot because I was doing my job, but of course, you're out all night. By the time I was getting home, people were just getting up, going to their jobs, and I was coming home. Then after doing the promoting thing, I became a bartender, and of course, long hours, long nights, same old story, drinking a lot still. You know, I was living the life that I thought I was a rock star at the time, so basically throughout all my 20s, 
I was just doing me, doing whatever I wanted to do, didn't really care, drinking, just hanging with the wrong crowd, honestly. And then when I was 26, I had, like, one day I just got up and I just felt my chest was tight. And I couldn't really breathe well that day. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I was just getting sick. So I just went about my business like nothing. And then by the end of the day, I just my, I felt my lungs just cl- like little by little closing and closing. So I went to the ER. And basically, I had an asthma attack. Now, I've never had any health issues my whole entire life. Not that, I was, not, not that I'm saying I'm the healthiest person, of course, as I mentioned. But I never thought of being healthy and I never had any issues, you know. So the doctor told me that I had um, an asthma attack and I asked the doctor, like, oh, is this something that I'm going to have from now on? And he said, no, don't worry. This happens from, you know, with different people time from time to time. And I, I said, okay, I just had an asthma attack. No big deal. Went on about my business, kept doing the same old thing every day drinking all night, hanging out, partying, you know, living that rock star status life. (laughs) And then, um, do you think that it was easier for you to kind of get like, you know, like trapped in that lifestyle just because you mentioned that your mom like owns a club, you know, like it was just Mm -hmm. something that you were around, something that, you know, you heard about, you know, like obviously we all idolize our parents to some degree and, Mm -hmm. you know, like we kind of, it just, thrusted that lifestyle upon you kind of like whether you intentionally wanted to get involved in it or not oh yeah I did not at all growing up I was very shy but my mother would sometimes take me to the club and I would walk through the cloud and I the crowd and I would say oh this is something I want to do you know at some time at some point in my life but then um I was very sheltered as well like I wasn't allowed to do much so when I was in high school I wasn't allowed to go out a lot so I was, I was very shy. And then once I got out of high school and I was living on my own, I got a taste of freedom. And I think that's what made me to just go in not the best direction. You know, I was just hanging out with people that really didn't care about their life. You know, if you're drinking every night, do you really care about your life? You know, I wasn't hanging around the best crowds. And of course that had a lot to do with it. I didn't know better, you know? Did you uh, work at your mom's then, club or did you work at like a different no, one? No, I didn't. No, that was when that was when we lived in Massachusetts. I was I grew up in Massachusetts and um, we eventually moved to New Jersey when I was around like ten. And but doing that, she wasn't owning the club anymore. She was doing something different. I was out of that scene, but I guess just from not knowing better and like she didn't really tell me like oh you can't go out because of this reason she would just say you can't go out and that's it Mm. you know so then I guess when I got the taste of freedom I was like I can go out and do whatever I want (laughs) you know yeah and then so you know kind of just reeling it back like a little bit like like you know because your mom was so busy and you know like you were kind of you know for the most part a little bit raised by your two brothers like was there any emphasis on like sports did you get into playing any sports was that an environment that you were in or was it strictly like academic or was it more just like you had to I, not really do I, honestly i was not the best student i didn't get into sports i got into volleyball as a freshman but 
I, I had a thing, like I thought, like I had a really bad attitude when I was younger. I thought like everyone owed me something. And again, I think that stems from not having a parent around teaching you right from wrong. Like there was no reason why I had a bad attitude. I was just like nasty. I wasn't like a mean girl or a bully. I just didn't care. I didn't care to do well in school. I didn't care to participate in sports. You know, I just kind of wanted to be left alone. So I did I did my very best just to get through to school. Yeah. Like I passed school with a C. <laughs> you know, it was pretty like now that I think about it, it's pretty pathetic, but I'm glad that I see now that I wasn't making the best choices back then. Do you think but, that that might have been too a little because you were maybe a little bit more like introverted back then, you know, so like, you know, excelling in, you know, in extroverted environments is just a little bit more difficult when, you know, at that point in time, I said, it, it seems like you're kind of a little bit more like of an introverted personality. So like those environments would be like conducive to you being successful anyway. Yes, definitely. I definitely thought either way, I don't need school and I'm going to make it, make it somehow, some way. But I didn't, like, again, I was still making horrible decisions, you know. I was saying that, but I wasn't practicing it. Mm -hmm. So I was saying, oh, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. But, yeah, I wasn't doing those things. I was just hanging around with the bad, like, not the best crowd, just doing, making horrible choices in life. And then once I got into, like, the night scene, that definitely made me more open and more sociable. Because I was a very shy person, and once I started doing the promoting, I definitely opened up a lot more, but I was opening up to the wrong people. And interesting, too, you know, like how you kind of thrusted yourself in such, like, mm -hmm. an intensely extroverted environment, like, like yeah. club promoting. Like, you know, I can just, like, imagine not only, like, getting out there, you know, and, you know, being a part of a scene that you haven't really been a part of, but, like, you know, then it's like, you know, I'm sure there's a huge vanity side to it, you know, like mm -hmm. how you're acting, like how you're dressing, how you're presenting yourself, you know, and, you know, like obviously having I mean, like talked to like a lot of people within like your peer network, you know, like it just seems like such an interesting environment to thrust yourself into when you've been kind of dialing it back. So obviously being extroverted is really a core part of who you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm the type of person that I either just go all in or don't do it at all. And I guess once I was like, oh, I'll be a club promoter, I can do it. And I just went at it, like, I gave it 100%. And, you know, it was, in the beginning, it was weird because I was very shy, like I said. But then once I got the hang on it, like, I was ready. And I was throwing the parties, promoting the parties. Like, everyone had to be at that party. Yeah. I made it seem like it was the best party to be at, you know, me and a couple of girlfriends. I would invite all my girlfriends. One of my friends was my partner at the time doing that. And I just knew how to do that very well, which is weird. You know, I was enjoying that nightlife. Obviously runs in the blood a little bit if that's the, uh, yeah. that's where your mom, you know, focused a lot of like her efforts okay. and stuff too, right? So. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so fast forward now, so you, you know, you went to the doctor, you, you had this asthma attack, you know, he was basically saying, like, this is a really irregular event in your life, it's not something that you're gonna have to worry about, you know, kind of like, here's this fistful of drugs, and, you know, maybe this bronchodilator, kick you out the door, and say, good luck, you know, like, 
you know, yeah. how did you, how do you feel about even like knowing that somebody said, okay, well, you lived the actual physical symptoms and the emotional symptoms of this, but yeah. somebody saying like, hey, this isn't a big deal. It's a one-time isolated event. Yeah. And see later, like. So, and so I heard the doctor saying, oh, don't worry, it's gonna be a one-time thing. And I, to me, I was like, all right, I don't need to change anything. It's just a one-time thing. The doctor didn't tell me like, what are you doing? What are your habits? He did not ask anything. So I took that as like, I could still do whatever I want. And I still did whatever I want for years after. And then um, I was just getting older and doing, still drinking a lot. I mean, I, I was, I'm not going to say I'm like an alcoholic or anything, but I like a good drink or two here and there, you know. But once I start, I'm like ready to go all night, <laughs> you know. So, and then the next day you're eating like crap, you have your burgers, wings, all that stuff. And then a couple years after my first asthma attack, that's when I had another one. And this time around, it was very severe. It was to the point that I right away I felt it and I knew I was having one because I knew already like how it felt before and I went to the ER and this time I was by myself at the moment I couldn't even drive my car that's how severe it was I had to call an uber and I remember getting into the uber and the guy's like are you okay and I just couldn't even talk at all because every every breath that I took I was just like slowly like losing everything so I go to the ER and I couldn't even speak to the nurses or anything. Cause at that point I was like ready. My, all my breaths were like taken away. So I had another asthma attack. And even when the doctor first, they give you a nebulizer that opens up your lungs again. So they gave me the nebulizer the first time. And then this time around the doctor is now that this doctor is asking me like, what are you doing? So I told him I eat whatever I drink, you know, I drink probably like every other day <laughs> at that maybe at that point I was drinking I think it was the weekend I, it might have been a Monday from what I remember and I definitely was drinking Friday Saturday and Sunday so um like what was the was... feel around like your visits you know like you know like the first time you went and the second time you went like like what is the feel that you got from like the doctors themselves like you know was it kind of more like the you know like we just need to get her in and out feel or did oh my show god concern? it was terrible the first time was in and out the second time they were literally trying to rush everything they i like i, I felt uncomfortable and i kept telling them like i don't feel right like this time i literally felt it in my soul like something's definitely wrong and the doctor was like oh don't worry just take this and you'll be ready to get out and I kept telling them, like, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable. Like, my oxygen levels were very low. I know they're trying to get people in and out, but just imagine you're telling the doctor, like, I don't feel comfortable leaving. And they're like, oh, you'll be fine, don't worry. So then, of course, they wanted to give me an x-ray just to make sure I didn't have pneumonia or something in my lungs. And as I was standing there, they made me stand to do the x-ray. And mind you, I'm, like, hardly being able to breathe. So I'm standing there doing the x-ray and then boom, it triggered another asthma attack. Sure enough, I'm like having an asthma attack and I'm not even, I'm in the x-ray room and I told the, the nurse there, I was like, I can't breathe. And they're like, oh, don't worry, you'll be fine. And then I'm like, no, and now I'm like starting to freak out. I'm like, I really can't breathe. I can feel my lungs closing again. 
and they're just like, oh, don't worry, we're almost done it. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't breathe, like I'm freaking out. And of course, when you start freaking out, then your lungs start closing faster and faster and faster. He wheeled me back to the little room that I was in and they couldn't find any medication around. So at that point, I was actually with my mother. She had she had met me later. And I remember looking at her and I held her hand and I was like, I think this is it. Like, I can't breathe. And they're like looking for the medicine. So I couldn't even take like my last breath was gone already. And I just held her hand and I was looking at her like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So then finally somebody like runs in and they have the nebulizer, which is the, you know, it gives you oxygen. And I'll never forget, as soon as they put that the mask over my mouth and I took that first breath, I just started hysterically crying. Like I thought I was done. And then that, from that moment, I knew like I have to change my life. So then the doctor came in and then he tried to give me uh, more steroids. And I said to him, you already had given me one dose before and I, that was supposed to make me feel better. And I had an asthma attack under your care. Like, that's obviously, like, not making me feel any better. Like, I don't want any more doses of steroids. And then after him trying to push it on me so much, I said, no, I'm not taking it. So then he decided to give me more nebulizer, that the medicine that gives you more oxygen. And I took, like, I did three doses of it. And it helped a little, but I still felt like my oxygen levels were really low. And I was there for maybe two or three hours. And then the doctor came in the last time and he's like, we're going to let you go. We're discharging you. And I looked at him like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to make it. I looked at my mom and I'm like, I can't, I don't feel comfortable leaving. And then she's like, well, you have no choice. Like they're telling you they're going to discharge you. Like you need to go. So that day I left the hospital. I could not walk the same. I could barely walk half a block without feeling like I couldn't breathe. I, my whole life changed from then on. Um, I had to use an inhaler constantly. I was using the nebulizer maybe like every day. Nothing was helping. I had this nasty built-up phlegm. I was coughing for like two months. And I would even call the doctor. And I'm like, something's not right. Like, I can't stop coughing. I, like, I'm not, I, haven't got, I haven't got any better since. And then he just kept saying, well, the only thing we have is for you to take the steroids that you're refusing to take. So I took matters into my own hand and I had to figure out like there has to be another way. Like I can't go through life having to take steroids, you know, like that's crazy to me. So you I know, started. Like, how scary too mm -hmm. that, you know, like if, if you don't want to explore like one option that becomes mm -hmm. like the only, like people are just so singular tracked yeah. mind. Mm -hmm. They're just like, you know, we only have this one option. This is what we deem to be the best, although that you've already explained to them and they know that it mm -hmm. doesn't even work for you. You know, and like yeah. kind of like the typical narrative there, well, you know, like if, if 10 milligrams doesn't work, you should be taking 20 milligrams. Yeah. It's just to keep increasing the dose until hopefully something happens, no matter what the, the side effect may be like on your body because of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. He just kept saying, you need to take more, take a higher dose. And I just like, that's crazy. Like I'm not doing that. To me, using the inhaler all the time and the nebulizer every day, to me, that was extreme. So now imagine doing that and then taking steroids on top of that. So I said, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I refuse to do it. And of course, I suffered for months because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out. 
I could barely walk my dog because I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. It was torture. And then finally, I took matters into my own hands and I started doing my own research, reading more about different foods, um, just really trying to figure out what was wrong with me and get to the root of all these issues that I was having. Like and what, then, what um, made you do that? You know, um, because you know, like typically, like when people aren't finding, you know, success with what they're on, like when they're fed up, like a lot of that, you know, kind of turns into like, you know, I'm just gonna go back to the doctor. You know, I'm gonna like, you know, ask for like another prescription, or I'm gonna go see a different doctor for another opinion. Like, like what made you make the decision saying like, you know, like no, I'm not gonna go back down like the traditional like healthcare road. Like, I'm going to start, like, you know, yeah. researching it online, you know, reading these books, you know, mm-hmm. because, like I said, like, it's such a, a pivotal point in this entire process, you know, like, yeah. your life changed from that moment yeah. on, you know, like, was there something, uh-huh. like, did somebody say something, or did you see something online, or was it just, like, a feeling that you had, like, what was that experience like? Honestly, it was the lowest moment of my life, I was super depressed. And it was to the point that I really thought, like, all right, this is it. And then one day I just said, you know what? This is not it. I'm not going to live my life like this. I'm not going back to the doctor. I'm not going to take medication. And I just took matters into my own hands. No one was there for me to tell me, like, oh, you should look the holistic route. No one gave me any advice. People were just like, go back to the doctor. Take the meds like they're telling you to, you know. Unfortunately, I didn't have anyone that was really there supporting me. So I just started to do my own research. So I, you know, I didn't pay attention a lot in school, unfortunately. But at this moment, I guess when your life, when you feel your life slowly being taken away from you, when you have no control of your own body, then it's a whole, like your mindset completely changes. And I just, woke up one day and I was like I can't do this anymore and then I that's what did it for me I didn't want to live in that pain and that suffering struggling you know what I was thinking about I was thinking about like how older people depend on medicine and how some people can't even walk how they're just bedridden and then just miserable and they're not really living life like I'm a person that loves to live her life to the fullest so that to me was like, oh, no, no, this can't happen to me. Like, I need to live my life. Like, if I'm not going to be living and enjoying my life, I might as well be dead. So it was either be dead or do something. And how old were you when, when you made these decisions? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I was probably in my early 30s, I think. Probably like 31, 32 was when I finally, like, took more control of what I need to do with myself. So you, for like five, six years, you just lived this like, this road mm-hmm. of being like unsuccessful. It's right. Cause you know, really at the end of the day, like, you know, like they didn't give you any kind of like health care. It was just more like yeah. quote unquote disease management, you know? And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of like where our healthcare systems, you know, like in Canada or the United States have gone is, you know, it, it has nothing to do with health care. There's health care yeah. behind it. They would yeah. have found a solution, no matter what that solution would have been, but all they really offered you is a mm-hmm. way to be able to, to manage the symptoms mm-hmm. that you were having yeah. and what you were doing wasn't even doing that. 
Oh, and I also failed to mention, I didn't have any insurance at the time. Oh, so this so, is all out of pocket. Yeah, all out of pocket. My hospital, the ER bill was $4,000. Wow. And yes, the medicine alone, I'll never forget, one of the medicine they prescribed me was like $600. That's $600. Crazy. And I said, I can't afford that. I'm not even, then like, I couldn't believe it. And I was really looking at the pharmacist like, are you serious? $600? And she's like, yeah. Well, see, and, and these said, are the things too, like when we say we live in like these these developed countries and like this this Western culture and, uh-huh. you know, there's basically like at that moment, people told you, we're going to charge you $600 for air. Yeah, basically. That's basically how it went. And the pharmacist was like, yeah, it's normal. Like people pay that. And I said to her, I'm like, that's not normal. People can't afford this. Like you're basically wanting to for people to die. Well, because that's $7,200 a year, roughly, like, if you had, like, that one or, like, the accumulative Mm -hmm. cost, you know, like, how many people even have an extra $5,000 a year to be able to spend just on that? Yeah, like, I was struggling enough, and then having to go there, and this is, like, medicine that's supposed to make me healthier, like, there was no way, and I didn't get it. I couldn't afford it, (laughs) and I didn't get it, and... Here I was for months suffering, but little by little, I'm sorry, you are gonna say something. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say like it, it's like these are the things to me that it's like it really highlights like how broken like our healthcare system is. So it's like not only like the first time you go in like something very irregular like happened, and, and you know like a doctor like at when you're 26 years old saying like oh don't worry it's perfectly normal for the human body to be able to go through like this extreme traumatic event you know basically just leave and it's like well where's the reassurance in that like there literally is none like our bodies should just go through such like a dramatic event and that just be quote unquote normal something that happens to 26 year old people you know then you go back you know like a few years later you know, like you have like this asthma attack, like you like clearly an Uber driver can understand that there's something wrong with you. You go to the mm-hmm. hospital and you don't even get like the same kind of treatment that you feel like you need and that an Uber driver can tell that you need. You know, then yeah. you, you go and they're having this x-ray, like healthcare professionals that should be like running to your aid or basically like, well, don't worry, mm-hmm. keep, you know, having these symptoms that you came here for, you know, but just try to tough out this x-ray. You know, then you get, you know, kind of like the, the passive approach where it's like, well, we're just going to get you in. We're going to prescribe you this handful of medication that you you, yeah. you may or may not even be able to afford, may or may not even work, you know, like just like the typical narrative, get you out the door. And then all of a sudden you're staying at the pharmacy and kind of making the choice of like, you know, should I eat? Should I pay my bills? Should I breathe? You know, mm-hmm. like, like what are the real choices that, you know, I have to, to make to be able to afford this medication that I don't even really want to take but nobody's here to be able to offer like any kind of solutions yeah. outside mm-hmm. of taking this medication that isn't doing anything that I probably can't afford. And then like you said, well, you know, you're like 30, 31, 32 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and like, you know, presumably we're going to say that you're going to live to like, you know, 80, you know, you got like 50 years of thinking like, well, yeah. I'm going to have to pay, you know, maybe about $6,000 a year for the next 50 years, considering that this might be mm-hmm. like the only health concern and you want to make proactive changes but nobody's there to be able to offer this to you and you know like you're you know like 
the 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 decision to be able to take your own healthcare into your own hands and say I'm going to experiment, I'm going to research, I'm going to educate myself, I'm going to make these changes like on my own. It is so rare, you know. Like you're yeah. probably like realistically at that point in time, you know, maybe like one out of a thousand people is going to do that, or you know, might might be even higher, you know. But like yeah. if you can go on and you can find this information, that's obviously going to lead you to the reason why we're having this conversation today. Is isn't it scary that? It probably seems so simple to you now looking back at these changes that you've made, but there's nobody to be able to even subtly suggest like, you know, this could be a byproduct of your lifestyle, you know, like Mm -hmm. how you're living, what you're eating, you know, like how you're acting like in your life, you know, here's a resource, here's a pamphlet, you know, here's, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a website to go to or a phone number to call, like reach out to these people and just get their advice you know whether you want to hear it or not like Mm -hmm. this is a potential other avenue you know like through my Hippocratic oath I might be only allowed to be able to prescribe you these but like what's in your best interest is seeking out all your options and here they are you know because you know like you said you know like I'm the same way you know like in in you know junior high high school you know like I you know I love to play sports you know like I you know I did I was an okay student but not really but I realize now, you know, when it comes to like our personal healthcare, like it's really not that hard. And for the amount of training that doctors go through and how simple a few lifestyle changes can be, like mm-hmm. it, it is staggering that they don't even like hint to it or suggest it. Yeah. I even told the doctor like, oh, is it from me drinking almost every day? Could it be from eating garbage? And then he's just like, oh, it could be different things didn't even say like maybe you should consider stop drinking or stop eating junk like did not consider that at all it just said it could be many different things that's what he said to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I at that point I'm just like all right okay or <laughs> even like for give, all your health <laughs> yeah even like give you a list you know if it could be many okay. different things like give yeah. me like the top three you know and I'll try nothing. that exactly exactly nothing he said nothing he said, you really just got to figure it out, basically. <laughs> okay, so, so we'll get to that now. So you're, you're okay. online, you're, like, you're reading books, you're talking mm-hmm. to people, you know, like, like what did you initially find out or like, like what was like a first initial change or what kind of sparked you in saying like, hey, there's this whole other mm-hmm. world out here that I can focus on that's going to potentially help me too? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually went, this is when like Netflix was like, in you know the very beginning of Netflix taking off kind of and I noticed that there was a a documentary on um, basically on the food that we eat so I watched what the health (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you ever seen that and uh, I mean but I also was doing research and stuff I have a friend that went to uh, she was going to school to be a holistic doctor and I actually reached out to her and I asked her like, oh, do you know if there's something I can do to treat my asthma? And she, I mean, she was brand new at it as well. And she said, try watermelon. <laughs> so of course, you know, I try watermelon. But then when she told me that, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just get a book. And, um, and I bought a book on like different plants and stuff and what the plants can cure. So that was my first purchase with that book. I can't remember the name of it. But um, it basically had like all the fruits and all the vegetables, and it would tell you next to each fruit and vegetable what what it can cure and what it's for. 
So then I saw um, what the health, and then once I saw that, and then I saw what they're putting in like the cows and the meat industry, how they're injecting the cows with steroids, and how dairy is affecting so many people. And then that like triggered my mind. I said, you know what? It's probably the dairy. So soon enough, I completely, like that day, I just cold turkey cut dairy out. And I never, till this, I haven't had dairy since. That was like almost three years ago. Do you realize how big that is though? Like, you know, because like, you know, when a lot of people are faced like with that, like, you know, say like when somebody goes to the doctor and says, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, well you have diabetes, you know, like you need to be able to cut down on like the the sugars in your diet, you know, like the refined carbohydrates, you know, and start living a healthy after lifestyle. When you're when you're sitting across from somebody, uh-huh. like people have a hard time even connecting with that information. But like, you know, you watch like a, a documentary and then you're just like yeah. from that day forward, this is uh-huh. the change and then you end up never doing it again. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's like a certain portion of that, like like the information that needs to be taught to all of us needs to come by way of a little bit more of like an interactive approach like you know sitting down in Mm -hmm. a dry doctor's office or you know like having like even maybe a healthcare professional present that Mm -hmm. information you know maybe it's just not the best way maybe we need like like a whiteboard diagram Mm -hmm. or you know like a netflix special or something like that let me tell you something from even from young like in schools they tell you drink your milk it's gonna help you grow bones or make your bones strong all that crap like it's bs when i like everyone should really watch what the hell because it breaks down everything like the same people that are telling you drink your milk is ran by the pharmaceutical companies so it's all one huge circle like they yet they're prescribing you medication to make you feel better but guess what there's going to be something else that's going to go wrong with you and they're making money off of us they're profiting millions from us and they're telling you, oh, drink milk. It's good for you. Yeah, no, it's not. And it's making us sick. So ever since I stopped eating dairy, that's when my cough went away. I started noticing little things here and there were starting to get better. So I stopped coughing. I was coughing for months. Like, I just had so much built up phlegm. So I noticed that was one of the things that completely, like, stopped. And yet the doctor couldn't tell me, maybe you should consider not eating you know cheese or drinking milk or all that stuff i love pizza you know i was eating pizza every single week (laughs) but now there's thank god there's like different you know now you have more options and there's more plant-based stuff that's available for everyone so it's a lot easier now but even till this day they're not going to tell you oh stop eating dairy stop eating meat like no they'll still tell you drink your milk we need it and it's bs we don't well, see, and, like, the thing is behind that, you know, like, for me is mm-hmm. that, you know, for one, the the alarming part about this and what, like, irritates me to no end is that we mm-hmm. know now that calcium isn't the number one thing we need to be mm-hmm. able to build strong, healthy bones. Yeah. But yet you have all these assholes mm-hmm. out there saying, like, 
you need to is like the misinformation it's like in my mind I'm like you know we don't need that and like yeah. besides the calcium like you're not telling me we're not selling you know milk for any other reason except for that well it's fortified with calcium it's fortified yeah. with vitamin d it's like if you need vitamin d maybe get away from your computer you know or you yeah. know, go outside <laughs> you know like get your vitamin exactly. d from the sun you know like it, and don't tell me that i need calcium okay. to build strong bones anymore because like I know it might be a, a Lego piece, you know, okay. in the, you know, the tower I'm trying to build, but it's not the most important part to that. And it's not a selling feature that I should be, you know, drinking milk every day or, you know, like in all this like kind of stuff, because it's just, okay. it's not. And to me, what like the alarming part is like when we continually allow miseducation uh-huh. through mainstream media and allow our doctors to be able to give us misinformation and we base our personal health on this is disgusting you know because big yeah. food for one profits are driving it not our health and you know like when we have to socially fund programs to be able to you know help correct these problems you know like that big food is causing and we're allowing lobbyists and government to be able to you know mandate yeah. what we're allowed to eat and not when like you said think of the anguish that you went through and it's because people just allowed that same old school mentality saying like, hey, drink this milk because you need it or eat this cheese because you need it. Because, you know, like dairy products aren't even on the food pyramid anymore. You know, exactly. like, and it's okay. just like, you know, you you lived a life where like you had to have, get to a, a moment where you emotionally connected with mm-hmm. dying. You know, like yeah. you broke down to a point where you thought you were going to die and a lot of that you know, yes, accountability is a big part of it. You've clearly expressed that you're willing to be accountable for your life. Yeah. You know, but when people are giving you misinformation or making you think that what you're doing is quote unquote right, but is actually having this health effect, and then like the attitude towards that is, oh, this is just normal. You know, so yeah. like what scares me behind that is like these doctors have grown up in a generation where people who are eating these foods, these problems have become mm-hmm. normal where they don't even realize that they actually aren't normal, but they've been taught it through school, they've seen it through growing up, you know, like they see it in their practices in hospitals where it's like, you know, but again, like how can you tell me like a fully functioning 26 year old body, you know, should be having, you know, like, like these kind of like episodes, like it's not, and then you watch something like Netflix that has this documentary and you've now armed yourself with more education than any one of these doctors or nurses in these hospitals were willing to afford you when you went there and a system that you're you're paying into and you're buying into that has your best interests in mind, allegedly. Yeah. You know, like it's just, and, go ahead. And all of this is FDA approved. Everyone's so hung up on, oh, is it FDA approved? Yeah, bacon is FDA approved and guess what? It causes cancer. Yeah. And it's crazy how people still eat it and they know this. Like I just don't get it. It blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely astonishing. It's it's something that just gets me so fired up like instantly okay. because you know again like it comes back down to the trans fats like arguments like okay. like when when the research comes out, you know, and it's decades old like how bad okay. trans fats are. And then it finally gets to a point where we're going to say we're going to eliminate trans fats from our foods because we know it kills people. But the government gives companies three years to be able to change their formulas so that they can continue to still make profits. 
you know, at the expense of its own citizens. It's nuts. Like, things like yeah. that, like where you said, like, you know, FDA approved. Like, you go, when you walk into a grocery store, you want to presumably mm-hmm. think that, like, what you are getting in there is at least a base layer of, like, mm-hmm. some kind of, like, health. You know, but it's basically become, like, you know, like an avenue to be able to personally give yourself some kind of lifestyle disease. Yeah. So where did it go after after dairy? So you made like this decision, like I'm gonna stop drinking dairy, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna stop consuming dairy products. Mm-hmm. Like you started feeling better, cough is gone. Mm-hmm. Like where yeah. did it go from there? So the cough was gone, and then the built up phlegm was gone. But I was still then after I completely got rid of the dairy and stopped eating that. Like a couple of days after that, after a couple a couple of days after I made up my mind that I was no longer going to consume dairy. I said, you know what? I'm not going to consume meat either because of all the issues with meat. <laughs> so then I went vegan cold turkey. Um, the first time I did it, I was vegan for four months. And then I went to my country, which is the Colombia. And then it, so it was like back then when I first became a vegan over there in Colombia, they don't, they don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, so not everyone eats meat, but like it, like I said, Spanish people love their rice, beans, and meat with everything. So I, I went back. I went to Colombia and I had meat after four months of not having it. And then instantly, I got these sharp pains in my stomach, like somebody was stabbing me. And I got so sick, I threw up like right away after I ate it. And then at that moment, I'm like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. I can't. I'm never touching meat again. And then I haven't since, and it's been like three and a half years. See, and like the one interesting point by that is like, you know, you say like, you know, going to like Columbia that, you know, I think yeah. it's a really valid point is like, you know, like that was only like, what, three years ago that you were yeah. there, you know, and then like it, it, and where you talk about how like a vegan lifestyle like is, is almost kind of like a little bit of a foreign concept, you know, yeah. down there or like a plant Especially based. to Spanish families, like when you're Spanish, they're like, well, I mean, all my family is like, what? You don't need me? Like, oh, get out of here. Like, they laugh at me. They think it's silly. It's ridiculous. Like, even till this day, I go to my family's parties, and they're the only dish that doesn't have dairy or meat is a little salad, a little side salad. Like, they still don't even take me into consideration, and I'm fine with it. I'll, I always eat before. But it's insane how, like, they're so equipped with that mentality that, we need dairy, we need meat to be healthy. You know? Well, and, and, and the interesting part to me, like, with that is it is it goes to show, like, you know, how in, like, 2019, when we mm-hmm. choose to be able to be on a quest of health and wellness, because mm-hmm. it obviously is going to look different for everybody. And, like, for me, as long as people are taking some kind of action, they, like, you know, stop eating sugar, get away from sugary mm-hmm. drinks and refined mm-hmm. carbohydrates and all that kind of stuff. Like, to me, like, that's, like, the, the key, but it's, you know, like, we should also feel very comfortable, like, with inside our family and our, our social yeah. networks of being able to, like, express our personal yeah. journey, but, you know, we still aren't even afforded those opportunities either. Like, I think there's a lot of ground that has been gained, okay. you know, but, like, if you ever have to feel, like, one time of feeling silly for doing yeah. what you're doing, when you clearly have, like you know, like, like cured these symptoms that you were uh-huh. having that you were hospitalized for, like, how would, would that ever be silly? Yeah, exactly. Until this day, I still get made fun of. 
Yeah. My friends tell me, my friends, they say it's ridiculous. Or if I ever go out to eat with them, they'll be like, oh, there's the vegan. Get ready. She's going to be annoying. <laughs> but you know what? I don't care. It's my life. And I just want to be healthy and live a healthy life. Yeah. It takes a really strong person to want to continually feel that though. Cause mm-hmm. like I always try to share that journey with, with people too, mm-hmm. because it's easier now, you know, but I have yeah. fielded like, you know, almost two decades of criticism of being that guy. Like, Oh, you're yeah. like that guy. It's like, Oh, it's your birthday. Like, why don't you want to have like birthday cake? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, on my birthday, I should want to like celebrate, you know, me as a person and like my health and wellness and being mm-hmm. the best person that I can be. Like eating cake doesn't connect me with that, you know. Like, exactly. and it's not saying that I don't eat some crap every once in a while. Like, I absolutely do, um, you know. But like, it, it's really funny, like how socially, like we've developed these mentalities that we're just we're we're not willing to break away from, and like we just want to latch okay. onto and just keep re-educating our children in this environment and just saying like, you know, like this is, you know, like this is the standard norm. And if you're living outside of that, you are okay. doing something crazy or extreme or you know anything along those lines you know like for me like I wouldn't be like a vegan personally but that doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it's not gonna work great for you you know mm-hmm. and, like that's the thing about like all of us like genetically we are gonna be slightly different versions mm-hmm. you know but the one thing that I think we can globally understand is like yeah like how bad you know like a lot of like dairy products are you know and like how bad sugar is you know like all these mm-hmm. kind of like these are just things that we can't deny anymore mm-hmm. yes until this day they don't tell you like oh don't consume this they keep telling you consume the same amount like when you go to burger king it's so cheap yeah but yeah when you go to the supermarket to buy an avocado is like almost the same for like an avocado is so expensive yeah. <laughs> it's like two dollars for one avocado and then like at burger king you can have like a whole meal with that it's yeah. crazy yeah you and know it's disgusting and that's the thing that you know like for like us I know like we're really trying to push like the bill up here to get the the tax on um like sugary drinks and stuff and I know that some states in the United States like have done that but you know like the federal government's not willing to make it like fully sweeping but you know I look at a lot of the other countries you know like like France and Portugal and like all these places that they use that money to be able to subsidize healthy food you know it's like you know it's like basically if you want to eat healthier if you want to live a healthier active lifestyle it's like you know for the people you don't like here that like let's help fund those avocados to even mm-hmm. maybe bring them down from like two dollars to a dollar fifty you know so that you, know, you can kind of look at it you know it's easier to be able to afford it or express more options or have more opportunity yeah not in america america wants their people fat and sick yeah <laughs> it's insane <laughs> You know, and like just listening to like a lot of podcasts and like all through the research that, you know, I've done stuff like it's shocking to me that it's pretty widely known and like publicly, you know, and I think it should be talked about more now that, you know, like the U.S. Department of Defense has listed American citizens as the number one existential threat to America because by 2040, if your guys' healthcare costs keep climbing the same rate, it'll be 100% of your federal budget. But you go to the hospital and nobody's willing to be able to tell you, hey, maybe you should try to incorporate a salad into your, your of diet. Of course, yeah. Because the doctors are funded by them. Yeah. They want to keep pushing these drugs on you because that's how they get rich. Yeah. I mean, not, I'm not saying now, I'm not saying all doctors are bad. <laughs> you know, you have a lot of good doctors that are actually trying to tell people, like, look, change your lifestyle. You know, I just got unlucky. 
But you know what? I don't look at that as I was unlucky. Actually, I look at that as a blessing in disguise because it changed my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have I, I could have went the other way and listened to the doctor and been still pumping those steroids in my system. Yeah. You know? But like that's the typical narrative though. Like you're mm-hmm. you're so outside that box, you know, and like mm-hmm. that's where like to me like it's you know like the value of like these conversations with people is like realizing mm-hmm. like you know it's the humanity side of it. It's like you know mm-hmm. you are no different. Like I am mm-hmm. no different, you know, and like that's yeah. the you know kind of like the concept behind like we arise that you like there's no one person on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like. You know, exactly. we are all standing on the same level ground. Like people just mm-hmm. choose to be able to make different choices because, you yeah. know, like you were in your late twenties, early thirties. Usually, mm-hmm. when people are kind of developing, being the most stubborn about how mm-hmm. they're living their lifestyle, and you completely flip that script and turn it on mm-hmm. its head and make some decisions that completely change like the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, like, where did you take it after that? You know, like you come back from like Columbia and you say. You know, like, okay, well, I understand how much, like, this meat affects me. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm not, I'm obviously not consuming dairy products. Like, what happened when you came back? So, when I came back, I stopped eating meat again. And don't get me wrong, I was still using an inhaler because, you know, whatever they put in the sky, you know, whatever's outside out there, it was still affecting my, you know, my allergies. So if I had allergies, if I was allergic to something, it would trigger my asthma. So I would need my inhaler. And um, I was using my inhaler for a while after that. And then just, I was slowly changing my life, trying to better myself. Don't get me wrong, I was still drinking here and there, but not as much as I was. And um, my best friend, she started, um, she started working for this company, this network marketing company. And she showed me that they had like these amazing products, one of a kind. And she showed me this ABC Prime Time report um, about one of their products. And after I saw that report, I was blown away. And I was like, you know what? This is a no-brainer. No-brainer. I'm all in. So I first, at the moment, my, I have a German Shepherd. And he was actually going through some issues uh, with his joints. So these products that my friend was selling, they also help pets. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll try to give it to him first. <laughs> so I let him take, and it's all natural. So I, of course, and I was like, all right, I'm okay with that. I did my research, of course. The product is made of five herbs. So I gave it to my dog first. And then within like a couple of days, I noticed that he was walking better, running better. And then after that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to try it. So I tried it. I started these products last August, and by the end of October, I noticed that I stopped using my inhaler. Even my boyfriend was like, "Oh, you're not using your inhaler anymore." And I didn't. At first, it didn't even like click that. Like, "Oh my God, I'm not using my inhaler." I didn't realize until he actually said something. I was using my inhaler at least like four or five times a day still, just because like I could, like some whatever was in the air. It was always when I went outside. If I was in my house, it was fine. But when I set that step foot outside, like uh, something was there in the air that I couldn't, you know, that would trigger my asthma to, to you know, need my inhaler. So then, then from going to using my inhaler still to not even needing it at all was like, all right, this is something that's obviously working for me. And I just started doing more research and was looking more into the company, and then the company is a biohacking company so that's what made me become a biohacker 
and I saw like it was helping so many people with their health and financially. So I was like, you know what? Like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people as well. I want to help people with their financial freedom and with their health. So that's what made me become a biohacker. Yeah. And like, you know, do they say, you know, like with this company, is like the, is the biohacking by way of like, just like increasing like, like, you know, like different nutrients in the body to be able to help look at it as more like a, a proactive approach to healthcare. Yeah. Um, they just kind of like use the term like biohacking or like like how do they come about with like you know using like that description or like like does everybody kind of take the same products or like do they individualize like a system at all or like how do you come up with what you use well their main product is protasm which has nrf2 in it and nrf2 what it does is activates your nrf2 gene in your body and that product basically rebuilds all your damaged cells so it what it does we're legally allowed to say that it reduces 40 percent of oxidative stress in 30 days and that abc primetime report that's a video with john quinones i don't know if you know who he is i don't know so if you watch it's like a 10 minute video it's short basically abc went and they tried to discredit the company saying like oh this is a scam this, these products are bogus. So he went to the company and he said, you know, I'm gonna, I want to try this potassium. I want to put it on my prime time special. So he did it, and sure enough, within two weeks from him taking that NRF2 daily, his oxidative stress levels were reduced tremendously. And you see all of that in that report, which is great. And um, if you want to see the report, you can YouTube it. It's on YouTube. Just YouTube potassium ABC prime time special. You could watch it there, and and it wasn't funded by the company. That's just something that ABC took it upon themselves to discredit the company. But eventually, we like worked on, or you know, on our end because now we use it to basically show what the product can do. You know, and it's interesting too. Is like you know, like when when we mix like you know, like marketing strategies, mm-hmm. you know, versus like you know, you know, because like some smaller companies will use like you know multi-level marketing to be able to just help mm-hmm. grow you know but like yeah. because of what they've been in like pyramid scams like in the past and this all these narratives that are out there mm-hmm. like we automatically discredit these things like whether yeah. or not they have validity mm-hmm. or not just because of like yeah. the approach towards it and you know, like those are the tough things because like you mm-hmm. know like there's a lot of great products out there and yeah. you know like we want to discredit a little bit more mm-hmm. of like a holistic way yeah. of like being able to change it when we started talking about like you know throwing like i said like the 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 term like biohacking out there's mm-hmm. like well like what is that you know like and to me mm-hmm. like i i try to bring people back to a level of like like biohacking really just means to me that like i'm choosing to be able to eat healthy and give my body the tools it needs to be able to go through the processes that it naturally wants to do because like when we eat all this junk and intake all this garbage food we're basically like inhibiting like a lot of the processes in our body that it wants to do so from like a biology standpoint like it's like hacking our systems in the way that they should have always just been operating the problem is we have to hack them now because we have all this shit in our bodies and like you know in the air and you know like in the water we drink and the food we consume and like we just we really don't have like a choice but it's like you know it comes back down like giving your body like healthy tools to allow natural processes to normally take place 
Yeah, well, the good thing about the company, I get a lot of like people that are like, oh, that's a pyramid scheme, blah, blah, blah. And what I love about it and why I joined is because the company is very transparent. They're, it's a publicly traded company, so all the information on the company is out there for anyone to do to see, and you can do your own research. There's 11 patents on the product. There's over 20 peer reviews, and and we're and the company's on PubMed. PubMed is like the doctor bible. Yeah. So there's so much research out there on these products, and of course, people will still take the the doctor's word telling them, "Oh, take steroids. This yeah. will be better for you." And it's like, no. And there's no research on that. Like, if you if a doctor prescribes you steroids. And you're wondering, well, what's in it? And you're asking them. They're not going to tell you exactly what's in it because if you really know what's in it, it's not good for you. Yeah. Well, and even like the thing is to me, it's like, you know, I equate this always back down to this most simplest form is that, you know, what when they put you into a pool of an average, you know, so when they say, okay, well, these steroids are going to work. It's like, well, how many 26-year-old females – you know, like that you know, like that are you know Colombian in heritage that have taken the steroids and have been successful and been able to come off them, or you know, like understand like what the scope of that actually means. You know, because like mm-hmm. you know, like my daughters are are mixed. You know, like they're basically mm-hmm. like Ukrainian and Indian, and like you know when we would go in, like in my middle daughter, and they're like, okay, well your daughter, she's you know she's not as tall as what the average is. She's like she's underweight and all these things. I'm like, you're creating parental anxiety based yeah. on like statistics that I'm like, I don't. My daughter doesn't even fall in. You know, like she has a, a smaller dad, a smaller mom. You know, like she's you know like you know mixed between these two different cultures. Mm-hmm. Like like how can you even say that? And it's like. Like, again, it goes back to me, like, the misinformation, you know, like, mm-hmm. like how can they just categorize, like, everybody into these systems and say that it works? Mm-hmm. But the one thing we do know that works for everybody is if you just choose to be healthy. Like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. if you're not going to tell anything to anybody, just, just tell them to be mm-hmm. like, you know, you need to be a little bit more healthier and make one healthy choice, you know, like, mm-hmm. and start with it being something that you eat, you know, like, eliminate something from your diet, like what you did with dairy or, like, what you did with meat mm-hmm. or probably the spinoff of a lot of those things is you've probably consumed less sugar, less refined carbohydrates, or like, you know, make healthier choices a little bit more frequently because you are so aware of like how this dairy and like these, these meats have affected your body. And, you know, now you started taking these products and you're like, you, you encourage other people to do it too, because, you know, like I know a lot of the listeners of like, you know, we are, I are going to fully understand the value of like like you know these um peer reviews being on pubmed and like that actually and there being positive information because you know like you know if there's positive information you're going to go find on like pubmed like i cruise through pubmed all the time to be able to find you know like information whether it supports or you know doesn't support like the findings that i'm trying to like achieve but like it's an invaluable resource to go for solid information yeah so it's great that these products are, are even on there yeah, and what's awesome is we have over a thousand doctors in the company, and even the doctors, like you'll get them on the phone and they're open with it, and they tell you, like, look, I used to be that doctor prescribing the steroids and just pushing these pharmaceutical like pills or any of these, you know, stuff to their patients, and now they're like, wow, when they saw this, and then when they open their mind to this and realize like okay there is another way and there's a healthier way they're now they're prescribing that to their clients 
they're not telling them, oh, go get, go take these steroids. No, here's something else that can help you reduce oxidative stress. And oxidative stress causes most of these diseases, you know? So now they're telling their patients, this is natural. Like, try this first, and which is great. And the doctors are open to speak to anyone. You know, like I said, the company is very transparent. That's what I love about it. Everyone just wants to share the knowledge with everyone. You know, we're all in the same, we're all on the same page. We're sick and tired of people pushing these drugs on us that we don't need. You know, we're trying to get to the root of everything. And yeah. we just. And like, you know, like things that like you don't need and like more importantly, like you don't want. Like exactly. that's like the big part behind it is that like, you know, you just, you legitimately don't want this option. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and you want there to be another option. And it's nice that like, because we all know there is. And it's nice when healthcare professionals are willing to be able to make that that leap and bridge that gap because, you know, like there still is today, but like there's that huge stigma where if you say like, well, I go to a natural path, people are like, well, <laughs> obviously you're choosing the lesser of the better medicine. Yeah. You know, so, but it's nice when like, you know, doctors are willing to be able to start looking at more of like a holistic approach because, you know, like the one thing that I always come back to is like, you know, ancient Chinese medicine and, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, herbal-based medicines, you know, like, they would have never been around for thousands of years if they didn't work. You exactly. know, and like we've all seen these movies and these documentaries and these stories, but you know, like somebody getting hurt, you know, like mm-hmm. and you know, like somebody from like a, a local tribe a couple hundred years ago sees this guy with this massive laceration, he pulls these leaves off this tree and these roots out of this plant, he's muddling them up and like maybe spits on it a couple times and gets some mud, <laughs> makes a paste and puts it on and the guy like within a couple days you know like he's you know walking again you know like but like if we have grown up in this environment where like all like these pills have never been around but we've survived for hundreds of thousands of years to get to this point now you know it's funny how fast and how hard the wheels came off the bus and now we're gravitating back towards that you know like doctors bridging the gap between you know like western medicine you know and a little bit more like you know plant-based herbal-based you know traditional Uh medicines and you know getting back to eating healthy and taking some of the steroids out of our food and changing these products because you know we as a culture really led people awry and the worst part is is we've then propagated to the world that western culture is the culture the number one culture to be able to live by you know but Uh we're killing ourselves and then killing the world because of it and now we're kind of getting back to like you know what all these other countries and cultures have been doing and never really wanted to change but we tried to influence that change in them uh-huh. and it's been changed for the worst you know because i'm sure exactly. you know like you know the colombian culture probably has had like some like really traditional ways of being able to treat like ailments and stuff you know just geographically where they came from but you know again like how many of those like were you like taught because there was like that disconnect because of uh-huh. like western culture right yeah and I was taught none. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's those, it's those things, you know, because, you know, like, I'm sure there was a point in time, like, when, you know, when your family came from Colombia and, you know, moved to the United States, it's, like, right. on a quest because Western culture was better. Like, there's this part, there's something about being in the States and Western culture, like, I need to be there because I'm missing yeah. out and I need to change my entire life because of that, you know, but then kind of, like, look where it ends us all up at. Exactly. My mom wasn't, she didn't grow up in America. She came here from Colombia when she was in her early 20s. So she didn't know what's, you know, what's going on here. And she was just doing what everyone else in America is doing. Yeah. 
yeah chasing that dream so um what yeah. like what's next for you like where do you go from here like what what are you doing how do you get the message out there like you know how are you living your life do you have any other changes coming up like what's what's going on well right i mean right now i have a day job that i hate i'm just basically making someone else rich and i'm just sick of that and that's what led me to do the network marketing you know it's a billion dollar industry and i just want to be able to do what i want to travel go to other countries while i'm still working you know but everything is in my phone that's the great part about this business and we are global so I just want to share the knowledge with as many people as I can, share the information, get it all out there. And who's ever willing to listen, if anyone has any questions, of course, they could always reach out to me. Um, but that's basically where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to work harder on fulfilling my financial freedom. And getting healthier, of course. Well, and you know, in those, that's kind of like the, the second stage of like health and wellness, right? You know, like mm, wanting yes. to wake up every day and you know, like enjoy your life, you know, like wanting to be able to, you know, like wake up every day, you know, like and have things to be able to look mm. forward to and not wake up every day and be like, you know, like I mm. hate this job I have to go to, like I yeah. don't want to be doing it. And, you know, but the nice thing is like you're, you're the type of person that's obviously proactively making those changes mm. because you see the value in it. Oh yeah, and also one thing that I started doing, I actually recently stopped drinking altogether just so I could push myself a little bit more to my workouts. Yeah. So like now I'm getting up, um, it's, it's been about a little over three weeks now that I haven't drank alcohol. It's a start. Yeah. <laughs> but now I wake up earlier and I'm working out earlier and I'm eating so much better than I was before. Because, you know, when you drink, and I'm like a two drink like once I have two drinks, I'm done. So, but then I wasn't eating the best things. You know, I was eating a lot of pasta or French fries the next day, which is still not good. But now I feel great. I've been getting up at like four or thirty, going on my morning runs, and just cooking everything. And you know what? Ever since I became a vegan, I feel like I'm a better cook. Really? Yeah, and I enjoy cooking so much more now. Because when you're eat, when you're cooking like meats and stuff, you're just really putting flavors to the meat, seasoning the meat, and then just putting it on the stove, and then that's it. And then you throw a little vegetables on the side. But now, like you're dealing with a lot more veggies, and you're you know cooking it up. Yeah. Well, and like food combinations is so critical for vegans too, yeah. right? Like making yeah. sure that you're getting all your like your micronutrients mm -hmm. and like your amino acids and stuff and yeah. like you have to start thinking like outside the box because like with meat like you said it's easy you just kind of like mm. throw this chicken or this fish or this mm. beef like on your plate and it kind of covers a lot of your bases but you know but, like mm -hmm. with vegans you just don't have like that that sobering opportunity to be able to do that right oh yeah in the beginning it was a lot harder i had to really like look at all the ingredients i had to do my homework but now I go to the supermarket and I know exactly what I need. It's so much easier now. But it, honestly, it's just like what you need, like a one month to completely learn everything and like train yourself, you know, mentally know what you're getting into. And then it's nothing. Now it's like every day. It's, it's so normal to me now. You know? See, and you know, is there any part of you that like connects with like missing out on anything or like has your mind just fully bridged the gap of like between like your personal health and the food you're intaking that like you don't look at it as missing out 
Well, it's funny that you say that because yesterday my friends had a pool party and I wasn't invited because I wasn't drinking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they're like, oh, since you're not drinking, everyone's gonna be drinking and drunk. You're not, you know, you're not gonna enjoy yourself. But it's a shame because I still enjoy myself. I still want to do things. But now that I'm finally taking care of myself and my true being, I honestly don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And I don't even care what's going on out there. Like as long as I'm happy with myself and just reaching my goals, at like I'm at a point in my life where that's what matters to me the most. Yeah. I'm my priority now. Like I'm finally making myself a priority. See, and you know the 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 funny part of it, like when you say that too is because you know I look at it like when it comes to drinking and stuff too because like you know like I drink you know like so rarely or like I'm, I'm not like huge drinker and stuff so you know like there is like that narrative that like if you're not drinking there's no way you can have fun yeah. and it's kind of interesting like how we've kind of morphed into that and like yeah you know you have to be drinking you have to have some drinks yeah. like you know it, or you're just you're not fun or you can't fun or like there's like the yeah. inability to be able to like enjoy yourself without yeah. drinking i had another friend she she wanted to invite me out and i was like oh i'm not drinking i don't want to go to a bar but we can go out to eat or something and she's like oh you're boring now <laughs> like it's not boring like i'm still the same person i'm just not consuming alcohol and if anything i feel like when i was consuming alcohol i was no fun then because i was a drunk mess you know like who wants to be messy and be around that but it's funny like, like how people like do though because like it's mm-hmm. easily justifiable like it, it's easy to identify with and it's like oh she's just had like a couple of drinks so if i'm like yeah. that's more normal oh yeah and, that's true yeah, yeah and like more accepting right yes for sure like that's like the cool thing like to me now i'm like in such a different space in my life that to me the cool thing is like doing healthier things you know working out like that's cool to me now like you want to hang out let's go for a run like let's go to like let's go to the park and go for a walk you know stuff like that like I want to do stuff like that I want to enjoy my life like I don't want to spend any more time being drunk and feeling like crap like I'm just that's not a part of me anymore like I finally can say that I've outgrown that yeah you know and like that's that's the thing is it's like you know, I remember it was about eight years ago and kind of like this shift went from like, you know, when we would talk about like getting together for like, you know, like a business meeting or, you know, something like that, where like there was still the common narrative that was, you know, typically, you know, like over like drinks and all that kind of stuff. But like yeah. now, like I'm like, I, I'll play squash, we'll go for a bike ride or hike or run or like, you know, we'll be sitting in an ice bath, you know, talking like, like, like exactly. these means have all changed and like they're just, I love that it's come that because like these are things that I've been trying to like, you know, help propagate for so long and like now <laughs> like I see it changing and then you know like with us having like this conversation now like where you say we're mm-hmm. you know like because you've made these healthier choices like your body craves just to be able to do all this other stuff that like people find so hard to do but it's only yeah. just because of like how like our food choices and like how we decide to be able to live our lives just it mm-hmm. makes it such a struggle to even get out of bed or do anything physically active and you mm-hmm. know we're just robbing ourselves of the opportunity to even like live life and get out exactly exactly like everyone's so stuck on thinking like it's normal to just eat whatever drink whatever like that's the normal thing to do because everyone's doing it but screw that i'm so sick of that like i want ev- like i want people to see like 
you can be healthy and have fun in a positive way. Like that needs to be the new norm. Yeah. You know, not like this toxic life. Like that's people that do that on a daily basis. Don't go, don't get anywhere in life. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of them, yeah, they get lucky, you know, you know, but the majority of people that are spending their days getting wasted and all that stuff, they're not getting anywhere. You know? Yeah, there's far, far more people. You know, you when you just look at a percentage, like there's like what 360 million people in America. Like yeah. obviously, there's gonna be a lot of success stories. Like they're by default, yeah. you're talking sheer numbers. You know, but on the flip side of that, there's way more people who are just they're dying. They're literally they wake up every day to exactly. die because like exactly. you know, like they're they're unhealthy. They're living unhealthy lifestyles. They're making like poor dietary choices, poor lifestyle choices, and it's like is mind-boggling to me because like when people are like oh you know like that's such an extreme way to think and i'm like you're not waking up to enjoy your life anymore like you're not waking up to be able to get out of bed like you know like you hit the snooze button like 10 times you know like you struggle you know you complain to your friends and family how much like you hate your job and hate your life and it's so hard to you know get out of the chair get out of bed you got no energy you're feeling depressed and like all these things just stem back to like you know the dietary choices we make and it is that extreme but it's the extreme on the other side it's not extreme for me outlining it it's extreme that people still continually in 2019 decide to make those choices still because you know like i want to wake up every day to live i don't want to wake up every day to die you know and like Mm -hmm. these are the that's like the first fundamental choice that you know you have to make in the morning when you decide to get up like you know am i living to you know to be 80 and and healthy and hiking and going to the beach and paddle boarding Mm -hmm. or you living to like 70 and hooked up to machines and you know you know using a wheelchair like you know this that and the next thing like like how do we want to spend this time on our earth exactly that's exactly how i see it i want to live long and enjoy every minute of it yeah yeah, it's just, it, it's great, and it's just, again, it, it's nice just knowing that, you know, because the one part that I really like about connecting with people from around the world is, you know, again, like, you know, like, you're in New Jersey, you're on the, the other side of, like, the continent that we're on, you know, like, I'm in Vancouver, BC, you know, like, you're in New Jersey, and it's like, but we are all this force and this army of, like, banding together, getting that voice out there, and just saying, like, you know, this is how, these are the choices we're making, like, we are no different than you, like, just come join, like, these are our success stories about like you know how we failed before but how we made the changes and how successful we are now with taking our own healthcare, you know into our own hands and you know into consideration and in changing our future like literally every day exactly and it's fun yeah <laughs> it's so much fun to live this way like i'm having the best time of my life now i know it's just funny like uh, this weekend we're having a conference in uh, kansas city and yesterday i just found out that over over is it a hundred i think it's a hundred a little over a hundred people in the company now are millionaires wow can you imagine that yeah like i want to be a hundred and one person up there celebrating that yeah and well, these you are know, all the, and these are people that are sharing the same thing they just want to be healthy and live a great life and do whatever in a healthy way See, and, and that's the, the thing is for me because like the, the health and wellness and the health and fitness industry, like so many people become, you know, like really, you know, like wealthy, have like stacked like a ton of money, you know, based on like, you know, products and devices and all this kind of stuff that, that actually aren't healthy, you know, but it's nice to be like when people like I have no problem with, you know, 
people you like you know expressing like financial gain when they're actually promoting like good products yeah you know because at the end of the day like said like doctors and you know like like salesmen and companies are becoming Mm -hmm. like you know extremely wealthy pumping products that are harming us you know so like if people can make like a fraction of that money by you know like propagating like a healthy lifestyle you know like because like I said like you take these things and it's just it keeps instilling change in you and you you know you instill change in other people and like you become infectious in like your community of like you know being like a beacon of change and like to Mm -hmm. me that's invaluable and like that's what people should be you know paid to be able to do is be able to promote this lifestyle that everybody should just be living like there there shouldn't be a choice like there we all should just be wake up living like this because that's how human beings got to where we got today we just exactly. make it so hard on ourselves right yeah i just want to uplift others and really push other people to want to take a step forward and living a healthier life and yeah. making a healthier change yeah. making changes in, the, in their lifestyles yeah why don't you uh, why don't you quickly drop um, we can wrap things up here why don't you quickly drop how everybody can like you know get in contact with you if there's anybody that wants a little bit more information you know or like you know kind of like like company website or like you know like your sure. emails social media things like drop it all on okay you can find me on Facebook my name is Johanna Rua it's J O H A N N A and the last name is R U A if you have any questions, you can email me at biohackwithjohanna at gmail.com. Or you can visit my website. It's healthworldwide.lifevantage.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Like, it, like tell us you. your stories. Like, you know, I think like all the stories that can get out there in a major way of like, you know, like people taking their own health in their own hands you know, and doing the research and using like these tools like, you know, internet and book and community and all that kind of stuff to be able to, you know, make that change themselves. It's just, it's so invaluable and people need to be able to hear how just regular everyday people are, are making these choices and, you know, like we have the opportunity to do so and it can be quote unquote that easy. Yes. I just want everyone to have fun, live their lives, be you, be free. We all in this together. Let's lift each other up. Oh, what a great way to end it. Thank you so much for coming on, Joanna. Thank you for having me.